No doubt it is unkind of me, the obligatory author of my autobiography, to leave myself and you in such a precarious predicament, possibly drowning, and thus in danger of ending my life and my tale too hastily. But, before I go forward, you need to learn something about the life I lived. I shall begin, therefore, at my beginning. My parents lived in an old three-story wooden house along the short alleyway known as Church Passage, near the corner of St. Mary Street, in the ancient English town of Malcolm Regis. Malcolm Regis exists in Dorset County, on the southern coast of England. It is linked to a sister town, Weymouth, by a sixty-yard-long drawbridge over the Way River. Mr. Daniel Defoe, the man who authored The Life and Strange Surprising Adventures of Robinson Crusoe, wrote that Malcolm was a sweet, clean, and agreeable town, tis well built and has a great many substantial merchants in it who drive a considerable trade and have a good number of ships belonging to the town. The two towns, Malcolm Regis and Weymouth, share a small busy harbour, its ships trading with France, Spain, and the American colonies. Being an international seaport, it has endless legal complications requiring resolution, custom duties, taxes, foreign ships, rowdy seamen and smuggling. Furthermore, ships, both English and foreign, are often tossed upon the stormy Dorset shore and wrecked, which created more legal difficulties. These legal entanglements and the fees attached attracted my lawyer father to move from London. Over time he would earn an income between fifty and sixty pounds per year, providing a comfortable life. His wife, my mother, Hannah Cuttlewaith, left her family in London to come with him. Let it be known, for it is a key to understand what transpired, that my father refused her dowry, denouncing marriage settlements as a barbarous practice meant for the buying and selling of wives. Consult the Malcolm Parish birth records, and you will discover that my sister, Charity, was born in 1706, I in 1712, both during the reign of good Queen Anne. Alas, I have the unhappy task of informing you that shortly after my mother gave birth to me, she died, an all-too-tragic occurrence of our times. My father's great shock and distress at the death of my mother, a woman he much loved, made him bitter, angry, and joyless, and filled him with the belief that the world had no sympathy for sorrow. "'People care nothing for suffering,' he said to Charity and me so often, it became a family motto. "'To get on, you must mask your heart with false smiles.' Let it be said in these early pages that my father— a deeply unhappy man never smiled. So it was that he named me after Oliver Cromwell, the unflinching Puritan from the previous century, whom my father admired for beheading a king and then becoming the iron-fisted Lord Protector of England. In matters of religion, father became a non-conformist, and in politics an anti-monarchy man, holding resolutely that the law is king a phrase he expressed to all people on all occasions, whether relevant or not. He was ill-shaved, poorly dressed, and wore a dirty neckcloth and an ill-powdered wig. Big and heavy, he was reluctant to move in body or mind, and thus came to be considered a clumsy, discordful, meddlesome man. All in all, he was self-neglected, just as he neglected his children. Although I chose to believe my father was fond of my sister and me, 
His ongoing belligerent melancholy was such that he preferred to spend his days with clients, men accused of crimes by wealthy tradesmen or crown magistrates. As a result, my father had many enemies among the town's establishment. This gave rise to another favourite saying, A man should be known not by his friends but by his enemies. And known he was, for he had many a foe in both towns, his reputation being that of a radical, interfering hot-mouth. Being a lawyer, father constantly warned my sister and me not to become entangled in the law because of its extreme severity. To steal anything worth even a few shillings was punishable by death or transportation. I cannot tell you how often he told us about the nine-year-old London boy who broke a window to steal tuppence worth of paint and hanged for that ghastly crime. Father never got over the death of my mother.